Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and I'd love to take you through some more stuff on the ASX survey that I mentioned in my last podcast. It was the 2020 Australian ASX Australian, if I look at it again, Australian Investor Study 2020. So I did cover some of the statistics, but they're all about post-COVID stuff, you know, sorry, not post-COVID, COVID stuff from January to May of 2020. So if you're listening to this in 2021 or beyond, it's relative, that podcast is really relative to that period of five months slightly before and during the COVID um, period, and then obviously we've come out of it. But the 2020 survey was a lot broader than that, as it normally is, or the the ASX survey. But I want to take you through some of the other findings uh, through there, Um, just to give you some more context in here. But, um, you know, uh, as they say, on page 13, it was talking about investing 2020, and it says, Australia continues to be a nation of investors with 46% of Australian adults currently holding investments other than their primary residence, including SMSFs, but excluding other superannuation. Um, among those who invest, more than half invest in direct shares, which have cemented their place as Australia's most accessible and widely used investment option, especially for younger investments, while the overall proportion of Australians with on-exchange investments has consolidated below the high point of the early 2000s. Now, there's been an increase in new investors over the last few years, many of them young and what's exciting, female. Perceptions of the amount of capital you need to start investing have also fallen as a wide variety of Australians seek to build wealth for their future. And really, just to sum that up, I know a lot of people used to say to me back years ago, 10, 20 years ago, I don't have enough money to get into the stock market. And I thought, well, you you don't need much money to get into the stock market, or the stock market's too dangerous, or whatever else. And I also kept saying to people, the stock market has so many opportunities, it's so liquid, and I think that's really why we're getting a lot more people moving towards it. Because it is more liquid. You know, I chat to property experts all the time and I do interview them and sometimes they interview me. You can't sell your bedroom if you need money, but you can sell your shares if you need money or some of your shares and you can be completely cash within a few days. So you can sell all your investments and have the cash in your bank within a few days. You can't do that with property. And I see the big area of uh, growth a lot more than property. And I think Australia's love affair of property is slowly, ever so slowly, inching um, towards being a little bit more shares 
than property. Whilst property is still a great investment, the amount of people that can't get into it is phenomenal. Young people can't get into it. They can't start investing in it because it's so hard with the median prices where they are. Property in Australia probably by world standards is very high. It's one of the most expensive places in the world to buy property because we keep pushing it. Um, and obviously with the immigration, etc., it pushes it. But the share market has so many opportunities. But let's go through some of the statistics. Now, I said 46%, sorry, there's 19.4 adults in Australia, 19.4, not 19.4 million adults in Australia, not 19.4. Um, of these, 46% on 9 million Australians hold investments outside their home and super, as I mentioned before. 74% or 6.6 million Australians hold a listed investment. So listed means it's listed on the Australian Stock Exchange or Australian Securities Exchange, as they sound now known, which is stocks, um, things like options, warrants. Um, it's also ETFs because uh, they're traded on the exchange as well. So um, of those who hold listed investments, 23% began investing in the last two years. So nearly one in four people only began investing in the last two years. What do you think their experience had been like in the last two years? Of those who began investing in the last 12 months, 45% are women, and that was a statistic I talked with you about the last time. And I thought some, there's some interesting stuff through here. Um, as I said, this report, I love going through it because um, it really does talk about what people do and, and their, their attitude towards investing. So one of the things I thought was quite interesting was the graph. Uh, it talks about... Um, the proportion of Australians or adult population with on-exchange investments. Now, if we look at it, back in 1986, it was 9%, 9% in, in 1986. In about 1996, it was somewhere between 16 and 17% in 1996. In 2006, it was roughly about 38%. So it doubled in 10 years, pretty much, or pretty close to doubles. Um, it hit around about 1998, it hit 32%, 2000, it was 41% currently, 35%. So it's pretty much flatlined to a large degree. It's at 41, it's been as high as uh, 44% in 2004. We had a big pullback, pullback on our market between January 2002 and I think it was October 2003 or March 2000, sorry, March 2003, it pulled back into. So we had a longer protracted pullback. Um, not a massive one, not a big crash crash, but after that the market went bullish and then we had, maybe had the G, uh, the GFC rise, but interesting lies in 2003 was 39%, 2004 was 44, 2006, 38, that was just before the GFC, remember the GFC was sort of, you know, July to you know, December 2007 in that period, so in 2006 it was 38%, 2008 only dropped Point, and dropped 2% down to 36%. So the rise up into the GFC didn't, it pushed it up, as I said, to 44%. But that was in 2004. We'd only, you know, we still had a couple more years of the run to go. And then obviously it dropped off for some reason um, in that period. But I guess as I said, it went to 39% in 2010. 2012 it was 34. 2014 is 33%. 2017, 37. And currently 35%. Now, interesting, also another statistic was new investors rising. So new people coming into the market. Now, as I said a minute ago, about one in four are new in the last two years. So how long ago did you begin investing was a question the ASX asked. And 10% said within the last 12 months, 13% one to two years ago. There's 23% bang. 
18% 2 to 5 years ago, 15% 5 to 10, and 40% more than 10 years ago. So a little bit more older, that area there, and 5% actually don't even remember when they started. So, But when you're looking at under 5 years, we're talking about... 41% of people have less than five years experience in investing. Um, and as we said, 23% less than two years. So that would suggest, you know, one in five people, um, well, sorry, one in four people, and are highly educated around the market because I know a lot of people when I do talk to them, you know, they go to the University of YouTube to get their understanding of the market and they get their hints and tips all over the place. But this is the interesting thing. So that was page, that's on page 15 about proportion of Australia's in um, with exchange-traded investments, and then obviously, when did they start investing? But if we go into why they invest, it gets a whole new meaning. Sorry, I was just having a little bit of a drink. There's a big, nice chart on page 16 of the report, and it says Australians invest for a wide range of reasons, some near-term, some looking far into the future, and asked about personal and financial milestones they want to achieve over the next three years. The survey responded lists a variety of goals from going on a holiday. 50%. So we're talking about personal and financial milestones they want to achieve. So 50% of people want to go on a holiday and uh, become debt-free, 34% want to become debt-free. Um, or save for something big, 25%. That's interesting. So amongst investors, the most common goal in investment selection is to build a sustainable income stream. Interestingly, interestingly next generation investors are particularly likely to focus on income, perhaps reflecting a desire for day-to-day independence among a generation that increasingly sees home ownership as undesirable or unachievable. Um, in contrast, retirees place a higher priority on assets and income proportion, 21%, although 27% are still focused on capital growth, either on its own or balanced with some risk management. So what it's saying there is younger people are looking for cash flow. And this is where we're seeing a huge influx of younger people, especially sort of millennials, 30 issues down. And we're seeing a lot more coming out of um, high school out of year 12 looking and we're getting mums and dads saying hey my you know, child's 16 they're you know starting they're building their portfolio starting to trade, trade because they realise they can't get into a house you know they need to build up a whole nest egg before they can go and buy their own home and we are getting married later so they're looking at that going wow what all have I got to do and so they're using the stock market to build wealth and income stream and COVID has never been much more of a slap in the face to know that you need to create passive income or other incomes outside of your job uh, and to build your wealth and the younger people are smart they're actually starting to do it where they're not getting it right is they're just trying to trade anything and they're using their little apps and picking up hints and tips from all over the place and they're not wise yet and i think more mature people understand what i'm talking about you know when i say to somebody who's 50 years old I said did you think you were smart when you were 21 they go yeah and I go now you're 50 what did you think you were at 21 they go pretty dumb so the older you get the the more you realise how much you didn't know when you were younger and how much inexperience you had and how unwise you were and it really would pay if you're a younger person you know under 30 35 especially under 35 I'd say absolutely listen to people find people that have been investing for a while and listen to them. And not, I'm not talking about young people. Don't go to the YouTube videos with these guys with baseball caps and T-shirts on. They're not wise. They have some information and some of them have some value. 
but they haven't been around. They haven't been through lots of crashes and everything else. Go to somebody who's 50 plus and listen to them and take what they're taking in because they're giving you pearls of wisdom that you need to take on and that will help you. But, you know, as I said um, a little bit earlier, you know, people are planning and they're not planning for the right things here at the moment. You know, 50% wanting to go on a holiday, 35% want to pay down debts and become debt free. That's fantastic and people are doing that, but so few people do it. Um, 32% said get my finances in order, budget, um, which is a great goal. Um, 25%, as I mentioned, said saving for something big. 23% want to start a new job or get a promotion. Um, only 18% saying buy a home to live in. Um, 18% also say they want to volunteer and give back to the community. But interesting thing here is plan for retirement. Only 12% of the people surveyed said they're going to plan for retirement. And now you understand why most people don't have a comfortable retirement if only 12% are actually planning for it. 7% looking at buying an investment property. So that's dropped through the floor pretty much um, from that point of view. Uh, 2%, they just want a career break. But again, this is really saying to me that there is a lot of opportunity out here. If you want to create cash flow and build capital gain and the older people, as I said here, retirees are placing a high priority on asset and income protection. So protecting their assets, protecting their income, uh, although 27% are still focused on capital growth. And there shouldn't be the all low in the middle of that sentence. It should be, well, it doesn't matter. You, as long as you're growing capital, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, if you're in the stock market and you're building capital, to me, that's as good as cash flow or income because you can always sell down an asset and pull the cash out. That's what you can do. It's not just capital gain or capital uh, growth on that you're getting. To me, buying and selling and being a bit more active, you're still placing some importance on that asset allocation, but also protecting that income. So protecting your assets, protecting your income. And again, if you're in the market and you don't have an exit strategy, then you're not actually doing that. And you know, Janine and I constantly say, always protect the downside risk, let the upside handle itself. So if you're buying good stocks, make sure if they start to fall, get out of them and have some rules around that. That's why we promote our books so much, because there's some really simple rules in our books that you can do. And if you are listening to this podcast and we have a special right now at the moment i know it's on when you're listening but you can get my first book for free you just pay the shipping like it's like nine dollars to get the book um but it will help you doesn't matter how old you are it will help you help you get started if you're a retiree it'll help you if you're building to retirement it'll help you it'll help you understand what you need to do but again we really do need to start planning on our retirement and building up and and if you're young Use the stock market and use it wisely. Um, don't follow the latest trends. Don't follow tips and everything else. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get led astray and you will get hurt. Your portfolio will get hurt and it will get hit pretty hard if you're um, taking that sort of gambling mentality, if that makes sense. Do do make some wise decisions, have some great rules around it and you'll profit and you'll make good income stream and you'll build your wealth and you'll have a lot more choices because one thing we know with 2020 is anything can happen at any time. I'm going to wrap this port, uh, this uh, podcast up right here. Um, I hope you've enjoyed what I'm talking about today. And as I said, I will get through and do some more um, podcast on the ASX report down the track. But I think you get the point is that as, a, as an individual, you are 100% responsible for the outcomes that you get. It's no use asking the government to keep handing out more money um, because you don't have a job or whatever's going on. The government can't keep just pushing out money and supporting the economy. 
we have to take, every individual in Australia has to take responsibility for themselves today and into the future. So again, you know, I do hope people take some of these words that I'm saying and what Janine says and, and take it to heart and take it on board and then and use that and, and go out there and take on the investing world and develop a bigger income, a bigger asset base. Uh, and become really, really self-sufficient. Everybody wins that way. Um, You've been listening to Talking Wealth. Again, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care out there, and have a great Christmas if I don't talk to you before then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.